Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, good morning, Father's House, one more time. Hey, let's welcome our online church. Welcome them today. So we are in our summer series called Life Hacks, which is biblical wisdom for a better way of doing life. A life hack is a trick, a shortcut, or a tip that makes everyday life easier and increases productivity and efficiency. Biblical wisdom is the ultimate life hack. In this series, we'll discover some of these wisdom gems from Proverbs and learn how to apply them to our everyday life. Pastor Terry and Pastor Simone, give it up for them. They did an awesome job last week taking it in there, and um, it was just so good as they presented the beginning of this series. So let me ask you a question. If I could guarantee you a great start to your day, is that something you'd want to know? Guarantee? Okay, awesome. I can't guarantee the whole day, but a good start to your day. Let me show you how that works. Honey, come on up. So we're going to show you today Two different scenarios that may take place in your home. Hey, Jim? Yeah. (laughs) Definitely takes place in my home from time to time. And so watch and learn from these scenarios. We're getting ready to go to work. Oh, baby, I had a crazy day, man. I got people stacked up at my office already. I know I'm running late. And and I just got to go. Bye, bye. I got to go. What? What? You said you were going to clean the kitchen before you left. Kitchen? Get on my nerves with that kitchen. That's not necessary. Or... Maybe I got a really stressful day ahead of me. You know, I'm running a little bit late and um, I got people stacked up, but let's pray first. All right. All right. So Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for my wife. I thank you for her healing hands. And Lord, as she goes out to minister today, I pray that your spirit would flow through her into whoever she comes in contact with and speaks life into them. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for my husband, God. I thank you for watching over us last night and keeping us safe. Father God, I ask that you would pour into my husband a double portion of your Holy Spirit, Father, that the people that he would come in contact with this week and meet with, Father God, that they would be changed, their life would be different because of the Holy Spirit through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. I love you more. I'm so happy. And those dishes, they'll be there tonight. I'll take care of them as soon as I get home. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Husbands, wives, pray over each other, pray over your children. If you are single, develop an accountability partner. Jimmy's going to mention that later. Someone that you can call maybe in the morning to pray before you go to work. Um, maybe not the kiss part, but you know, at least you're praying with somebody before you go to work. But that kiss is important, okay? I always tell couples when they, when they come to see me for um, any, any kind of pastoral counseling, 10, 20 more seconds is not going to make or break you being late for your day. So rejuvenate yourself, rejuvenate your marriage, hug, kiss, love more. Sound good? Okay. All right. All right. So if you've got your Bible with you today, let's um, hold it up and let's do our declaration today. This is the Word of God. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. Confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. 
I am obedient. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are going to look at how to prevent and survive a spiritual heart attack. So your heart beats about 100,000 times a day, uh, 35 million times in a year. During your average lifetime, your heart will beat about 2.5 billion times. However, each year in the United States, about 605,000 people have a new heart attack. And the crazy part about that is that 45% of those are what we call silent heart attacks. People don't even realize that they've had or are having a heart attack. And the silent ones can sometimes do more damage because people don't know. And so the heart disease kind of progresses without being caught. So for all of us today, we should all take some time, do a little research, and learn what the signs of a heart attack are for yourself or somebody else and how you can help them if you or someone else is having a heart attack. That's our physical hearts. But did you know the same can be said for our spiritual hearts? We can suffer a heart attack. And sometimes those can be silent heart attacks also. So the biblical term for heart in Proverbs predominantly includes motives, feelings, affections, and desires. But it also includes the wills, the aims, the principles, and the thoughts, and the intellects. So you might ask today, well, Tim, if we're talking about life hacks, why are we talking about the heart? I'm glad you asked that. Thank you very much. Because in the book of Proverbs, Solomon talks about the heart or the condition of the heart in 27 of the 31 chapters. And 78 times in the book, he mentions the heart or the condition of the heart. So perhaps we should pay attention to what Solomon is trying to teach us to prevent a, a spiritual heart attack or to treat one if you think that you've had one. So today I'm going to give you signs and symptoms that you are having or have had a spiritual heart attack. And then my buddy, my ministry partner, Jimmy Strasser, who is one of our Freedom Coach team leads, is going to teach us how to prevent or treat that spiritual heart attack. Solomon writes in Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let me say that again. Guard your heart above all else, because your heart, out of your heart, determines the course of your life. So for myself, Jimmy, Sammy that was in the first service, and others out there that are wired to be sheepdogs, guardians, and shepherds over others, this is a perfect verse for us to be reminded of, because while I was studying this, this is what God asked me. He said, Tim, have you spent so much time developing skills to guard and shepherd others, both physically and spiritually, that you've neglected to guard your own heart? It was a question that hit me deep and it hit me hard. I really had to get on my knees and spend some time with God. Perhaps for some of you, that's a question that may, you might want to ponder also. So to get started, we're going to give you seven signs that you may be experiencing a spiritual heart attack. I'm going to run through these kind of quickly, so you may want to take a screenshot of them, because it's going to be hard probably to get them all down in your notes. Solomon teaches us that we, when, when we experience these symptoms in our heart, we are having a spiritual heart attack. So the first symptom that he talks about is a plotting or a scheming heart. The next one that he talks about is a cunning, sly, or sensual heart. How about this one? He talks about having a deceptive heart. This one kind of hits some of us hard, a heavy or hurting heart. 
How about this one? A haughty or proud heart. And again, for some of us, a foolish or angry heart. And then the last one he talks about is an envious heart. So if you've ever experienced any of these feelings or emotions in your life, you have probably had a spiritual heart attack. And it's so important not to do life together because as I'm presenting these, it may be the first time that you realize it. Maybe the Holy Spirit is bringing this something to your remembrance and saying, yeah, remember the other day when you reacted like that? See, sometimes our spiritual heart attacks can be so silent to us, but they're screaming to everyone else around us. And see, that's why we get into life groups. We get into serving groups. Brotherhood. Brothers, um, if you missed that breakfast yesterday, Pastor Ben shared a portion of his life with us that just was very encouraging. Sisters, I encourage you to come out to sisterhood so that you can be around each other. We have Celebrate Recovery that meets here every Monday night at 6.15. Maybe that's a group that you may want to get into. If you need just some, to someone to talk to, <coughs> we have Freedom Coaches here at the Father's House. Give me a call I'm here in the office. I can set you up with one of our Freedom Coaches to spend a little time with, to get some encouragement, to get some accountability. Because Proverbs 17, 17 says this, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. See, there are many outcomes of a spiritual heart attack. You know, after you've had a heart attack, there are physical outcomes. Some of these are the spiritual ones that Solomon discusses. He gives us four, although there are many more than that. So the first one that Solomon talks about, which is an outcome of having a spiritual heart attack, is that our heart becomes rebellious and we refuse correction. How many people like correction? Yeah, yeah. My hands are way, way down. My wife's saying, I don't even believe you raise your hand up over this part, right? Right there. Because I do not like and enjoy correction. But see, as we begin to learn and we begin to hear more from the Holy Spirit, we begin to realize that spiritual correction is necessary for our growth. Another outcome that Solomon talks about is our hearts become bent on sensuality and lust that is not biblical. And so we begin to fall into patterns of sensuality and lust. Um, the, the Proverbs in 6, 23, 25 and 7, 24, 25 says this, For their command is a lamp and their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is a way of life. Read that. A corrective discipline should be a way of life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, or let's be fair, the immoral man, from the smooth tongue of the promiscuous woman or the promiscuous man, don't lust for her or his beauty. Don't let her or his coy glances seduce you. See, you can see how one leads into the other. As we refuse correction, our hearts are more open for other immoral things to begin to take place in our life. But some other outcomes of a spiritual heart attack can be this. We can fall into a cycle of worry anxiety and gloom see one leads to the other right we begin to worry just a little bit and then anxiety takes over and then gloom and depression sets in and it becomes something that's very very hard to break the fourth one that that solomon talks about is just a little bit different it talks about he talks about indiscriminate sharing and you say, well, you know, Pastor Tim, that doesn't really kind of fit with the others. But think about this. Basically, what Solomon is telling us is this. In 1223, he says, the wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. So basically what he's telling us is, 
you talk too much, right? Listen a little bit more than you talk. So these are only four that Solomon shares, but there's many more, which is why we have to always be on guard for our own lives, because in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, we have to be like David who said, search me, O God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, pour out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So I've given you all the doom and gloom, and um, Jimmy's going to come up now and give us the good news that spiritual heart attacks can be prevented, treated, and God's cure rate is amazing. So give it up for my brother Jimmy as he comes up. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, let's give it up for Pastor Tim one more time, huh? And also, I just want to take a minute, let's give it up for our worship team, too. It was amazing this morning. Um, I don't care what you got going on in life, they will break down walls and break chains that you have coming in here for that short period of time, or even hopefully the rest of the week. So a little background on myself, if you don't know me real quick, uh, like you said, my name is Jimmy Strasser, a military veteran. I currently work uh, federal law enforcement for the federal penitentiary over here in Wildwood. Um, I act, uh, I'm a lieutenant, and like I said, it's active gang yard, so they kind of flipped it up on me. Um, normally, I do the doom and gloom because um, that's where I operate in. And Pastor Tim would take the happy side of it. Um, and also, uh, I haven't taught in a while, but normally I get the microphone that kind of mixed me up, giving me the headpiece, so I feel like I was slightly promoted. Um, <laughs> the only issue is if you're f familiar with Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby, I just I don't know what to do with my hands. I just want to keep coming up. Uh, so also in Proverbs, uh, as Pastor Tim mentioned, Solomon mentions seven unhealthy hearts, but he also mentions five healthy hearts. Uh, and those can be found in um, chapter 10, verse 8. We have a wise heart where he teaches us to continue to learn, continue to keep learning, and eventually you'll grow and get better. Chapter 14, verse 30, a tranquil, calm heart, continue to seek peace. 1528, a righteous heart where it tells us to think before we speak because a fool will spit nothing but evil out of their mouth. 1530, a glad look, trying to truly be happy in mind, body, and spirit so when people see you, they see that happiness. I have a very good mask that I can put on to when I come in here on Sundays, if I'm having a rough week, make it look like I'm happy, but on the inside, it's the opposite. So we want to continue to seek him so truly you are cheerful and you're helping the people around you become cheerful as well. And 2311, a pure heart, treat everyone fair and right. You can go back to when you were a kid and everyone said, treat people as the way you want to be treated. So how do we achieve these types of hearts? And before we get to that, I would just like to kind of say, I think today in society, we're leading down the road of more of a reactive people. Instead of taking the time to prepare for an event that may come that we're not ready for, we just take the easy, lazy way out. So when something does come into our life that disrupts our normal pattern, it's extreme chaos instead of a little chaos. And there's a book I just want to mention that I just recently found a, maybe a month and a half ago. Uh, it's titled Left of Bang, How the Marine Corps Combat Hunter Program Can Save Your Life. Little disclaimer, this is not a spiritual or Christian type of book, so it will not solve everything that is in your life, but it will give you strategies, tactics, ways to implement into your life to avoid the bang, or if a bang comes, you'll be a little bit more prepared to deal with it. 
So the next display you'll see up on the screen is actually a little diagram how it goes over. Uh, the left of bang, which is pre-incident, pre-crisis, pre-storm that is going on in your life. The yellow, obviously, is that event that comes into it, the bang. And then you have the right of bang. That's everything that comes after. Now, mentioning the bang, your crisis, whatever you're going on in your life, it could be physically, mentally, or spiritually. And the worst part about those bangs, those incidents, they may be inevitable. No matter what you do to prevent them, they may come anyway. But with that, if we learn the steps to become prepared, those seven unhealthy harps that Pastor Tim talked about, we may still end up with one of those, but the time we're there may be a little bit less. It may take a little bit less time to get through them and see the other side. So with the right of bang, that's after the incident, Usually we react with a surprise, um, irrational decision where we don't think about what just happened. Our bodies react and we make sometimes a worse decision that makes it even worse. Or we make it lucky and that surprise reaction may help. But I would say a lot of the time it's going to make it worse. There may be extreme reactive sides where I come from Pennsylvania, right? So up there we had a thing called fair weather riders. People that wear Harley Davidson head to toe, but they're only gonna ride their motorcycle if it's negative 5% precipitation. And this is where you'll see the same thing with a fair weather Christian. They come to church on Sunday and they think they've done enough. And then something happens, they go running to the Father saying, if you help me through this, I'm gonna stop doing this, I'm gonna stop doing that. Then as soon as they get through that storm, they go right back to their old habits and they see that pattern repeating over and over and over. And I see that in my, my everyday duties because as a lieutenant, I'm responsible for evaluating our line staff, the guys in the housing units, dealing with the inmates on a day-to-day -day basis. So every quarter I have to evaluate them on certain aspects of their performance and then you give it to them and sometimes they're unsatisfied saying, how come I didn't get more? And I just respond, show me what you've done. Where have you emailed me what you've done, whether it's finding contraband, responding to an incident, prove to me that you've done more. Okay. And this is where you may see that same thing on Judgment Day, when you're standing there, and you may not get as much as you thought. And you're like, well, I, I think I deserve more, Lord. Same thing. He goes, what, what have you done? What have you done for this kingdom? Okay. And then you have the dependent types, where they seek their answers on what they rely on most. So technology has done great for our country and today's society, but also could be that downfall because you have that little device in your pocket at all times where you're going through that storm, that incident, and you pull that out, you hop on social media, and you start getting that envious heart of other people, seeing what they have and you don't. And it starts driving you further down to the bottom. Or it may anger you for whatever reason, for whatever, ugh, excuse me, for whatever reason, we start judging ourselves on other people's social media, not seeing the struggles they've gone through. We just see what they have, and we get jealous and angry that we don't have the same. There's this other thing I remember as a kid. How many people are familiar with WebMD? <laughs> right? Remember as a kid, something hurts or whatever. Internet just came out for me. We still had that dial-up. My right foot would be bothering me from playing basketball or something. I go on Google, type in WebMD. Hurt ankle. It tells me to cut my leg off from the knee down. 
All I'm saying is we just got to be careful when those times come of where we look to for the answers. Because with those, the incident or crisis or storm that is going on in our life, no matter what, it may lead to one of those seven unhealthy hearts. To the left of bang, that's where we build our foundations for these five signs of a healthy heart. This is where we are aware of our surroundings, we're responsive, and we attempt to control the best we can our surroundings that keep us in that healthy side spiritually. That's with our daily life, our daily routines, daily preparations for the storms to come. And we do that by daily getting in God's word. Every day making time for yourself to sit down in a quiet space where you can be with him, reading his word. Uh, Some people have the luxury of doing that first thing in the morning. Uh, I would say I don't just for my work six to two. So I get up at four in the morning and I'm still trying to figure out my life until I get to work. So usually on the way home or at night if I have time, that's when I have my time. Uh, There's also certain applications you can put on your phone like we talked about, social media, technology. You have the Bible app, version, where it is his word in your hand no matter where you are. You can pull that out and seek help, seek answers. Uh, They talked about last week, uh, I think there's a Bible plan for Proverbs where every day you read a chapter. And that's what we're going through right now. So today is the second, so you could hop on today, read the second chapter. We're doing that as a church. Uh, for me, like I said, I normally deal with doom and gloom, so I'm constantly looking for new um, Bible plans on anger or anxiety or stress. Because I just live in that environment where I work, I do not want to bring that home to my family. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, in the NLT version, tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. So trust for me with normal society, normal people is a big thing. I do not trust people right as soon as I meet them. My environment, you deal with a lot of violence with the inmates. If you're a newer staff member and I don't know you or you transfer and I don't know you, I'm not gonna fully trust you until you jump in that fire with me. And I think a lot of us do the same thing with God. I know I did it at first just because like I said, I have trust issues. I'm submitting to him, I'm saying that I fully trust him, but at the same time, I'm doing one of those like, barely stepping in. But as one of my friends said after first service, what came to him, is we don't put our full trust in him, yet he's walked through that fire before us. He's already done it. He was beaten, bruised, broken, put to death, but we still don't fully trust him after he's already gone through everything. Nothing we go through in our life can compare to that but yet we fully don't trust them. In Proverbs 4.23, Pastor Tim went through it earlier. I'm going to bring it up again, just slightly different. You'll see other words underlined. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, the first word underlined is guard. So he's commanding us to guard our heart. He's not asking us and saying, hey, maybe sometimes you should from this, guard it from that. He's commanding us to guard it at all times. You see, above all else. Not here, not there, above all else. And then you see determines is underlined because determines how your heart is. That is the decisive factor in the course of your life and where it goes. Which path you select, how you're going to react, how you're going to treat your heart is going to depend. Here's God's plan going forward and you may be drifting off into the weeds. We also want to use the armor of God. 
So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, sorry, verses 10 through 17, he mentions six specific pieces of armor we can use to guard us spiritually. He mentions the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of spirit, the body, uh, body armor of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Now I want to focus on the last two, but before I do that, I want to mention these shoes of peace real quick. So if you're in a job where you're constantly on your feet or you go hunting, hiking, um, played sports as a kid, whatever you did where your feet are an integral piece of that, think about how your life might have turned out or how an event might have turned out if you did not have those shoes on. It would not have been so good. Just think of whatever troubles you're going through in life if you had no shoes on. It may take you longer to get through it. And I love how they chose the word, chose the word peace, just giving you the comfort that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're walking through, you can look to your left and right and God's right there with you. Giving you that peace of mind that you're not alone. He's going to help you through this. And with the body of armor and the helmet of, uh, body armor of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, like I said, I was a, a military veteran, a veteran went to overseas twice, and a big piece of our armor besides the weapon is our plate carrier and our helmet. Because in those times, if you're unlucky enough to end up in an engagement with the enemy, if you hit someone there, that's what we call an incapacitation zone. Your lights are out. So with that, spiritually, we want to spend that time with God daily, getting in his word, building that trust. So those two very important pieces are protected at all times. Because in order to guard our hearts, we must also guide our minds, because as you start thinking, as you start watching social media, watching other people's lives, it's gonna corrupt your mindset, what eventually is gonna lead to your heart and you're gonna start speaking as a fool. So there's different ways that we can go about achieving these healthy hearts. Pastor Tim and Jennifer mentioned a few earlier, I want to reiterate them because they are that important that we mentioned them uh, a few different times. So the first thing is accountability partners, battle buddies. We're in spiritual warfare, right? Yeah. So Pastor Tim and I are account accountability partners, both husbands, both have kids. Uh, as his little demonstration earlier, our wives may say one or two things to us and we may react in a not so great way. So we'll reach out to each other, say, hey man, I messed up again. Here's what happened. And we give each other pieces of advice, maybe what to do next time, pray over each other, uh, pray over each other real quick, and try and do better next time. Because communication is key, especially with your spouse. Um, Holy Spirit, please cover my wife's ears right now. Um, even though I'm up here, I'm not a great communicator. I got a great piece of advice from Pastor Ben a couple weeks ago um, about putting an old pair of sneakers by the front door. I am not emotionally strong enough so when me and my wife have an argument, I can't talk about it in that moment. Just how I'm wired in my environment, we try and talk about it right then. Verbally, I'm gonna try and do as much damage as I can because that's just how I react. I don't want that to happen, but if we talk about it right then, that's what's gonna happen. So I had that conversation with her, I'm gonna try it. Instead of talking about it right then, I'm gonna put my shoes on, I'm just gonna walk. Talk to God, talk to whoever until my heart calms down. I'm at peace. And I can come back and say, hey, babe, I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. Life groups. We do them here semesterally. Um, get involved with people. 
like-minded like yourself. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It goes along with accountability partners, you can do the same with your life group. It doesn't have to be during the semester when we're doing them here. If you have the same group of people you're with every Sunday, you do events together, why not meet up once a week for dinner and just talk about how your week's going? Hey, let's study the book of Proverbs together. Let's study this book together. Meet up however often your group decides just so you keep building on each other, keep learning, have people to lean on, and then keep growing. Biblical counseling. Pastor Tim is our freedom pastor. He does a lot of work with this. If that's something you may need after having an accountability partner or life groups, by all means, reach out. It used to be a sign in society that if you reached out for help, you're, uh, you're considered weak. But that's the strongest thing you do. Me, myself, have gone to counseling multiple times, multiple different places. Uh, I probably should do it more often, but just something we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Fasting. If you ever had to go see a cardiologist, they always do a stress test on your heart. Fasting is a simple stress test on your spirituality, how close you are with God. And the great thing about it is, like I said, it brings you closer to God. In that time of fasting, you can seek answers from Him if you have a big life decision coming up. You can seek breakthrough if you're currently in that crisis. You draw closer to Him and maybe He'll see you through in that time of fast or maybe give you a direction or a decision to make to lead you through it. We invite you to join the, in our corporate fast, which is, starts tomorrow. It is the 4th, and it ends on Friday. If you've never fasted before, I advise you to go to the Father's House homepage, uh, thefathershouse.com. You can see there's a little picture up on the uh, screen there. If you click on that link, it's in, that link, it's gonna take you to a page that gives you a background on fasting and different types of way that you can conduct that fast. And then we end the fast on Wednesday night with the Wednesday night of wor- worship. Uh, they mentioned in the opening, uh, it is for everyone. You don't have to participate in the fast in order to come. It's just a good time, a Wednesday night, um, to get one with God, get closer to God in a night of just worship. It's all about praising Him. And if you do the fast and you don't make it the three days, we still encourage you to come because you made it one day. Next time you might make it two, then three, then longer. Every time we slip up, the greatest thing is, is He's right there to catch us and dust us off and say, hey, try again, keep going. Please would invite you to join us with that. And then in closing, I would like to just pray uh, for those of us that are believers that may be in a season with one of those seven unhealthy hearts. So if that's you this morning, I just ask you to raise your hand real quick. I'd like to pray for anyone here that's going through it. Whether it's you deal with anger, anxiety, or envious, whatever have you. We're just going to pray over it and just lift everyone up. So with every, uh, every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for everything you've done with us. We thank you for your blessings continually. We just pray and lift up all those storms, seven types of unhealthy hearts that we may be going through right now. We just lift them up to your feet and just pray for your peace and comfort over us that we may see why we're there, and we just know that you're there with us and just walking us through it and comforting us the entire way. Lord, we just thank you and we love you. In your son's name we pray. And if you're one of those people
people here this morning that may not know God, may not know Jesus Christ, or if you've stepped away and you've realized you need to come back to him, we would like to pray for you as well. So still with every head down and every eye closed, if you feel that burning tightness in your chest, that's just him knocking on your door saying, I'm here, if you're willing to open up and accept me. So if that's you this morning, same thing, just lift your hand up real quick, place it back down. If you just want to know him and draw closer to him, just lift your hand, put it back down. If that's you, online church, go ahead, just put that hand emoji in the comments and someone on our social media team will work with you. Once again, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just want to pray for those that may be sitting in this audience that felt that urge to raise a hand, but maybe they just weren't ready yet. So we just want to lift them up to you and just encourage them to seek you. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us and giving us everlasting life. We thank you for this country where we can seek you and love you without persecution. We just thank you for everything we do. We just pray that you continually seek us and continually give us the strength to seek you and seek help if we need it. In your precious son's name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.